Welcome everybody to the Spawn of Me podcast. This is your host, Khalif Adams, and this is episode 125 of our show. I'm joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, that man from the middle of Bracago, Cicero Bartholomew Jackson Holmes. How are you, sir? I'm your Huckleberry. I have no idea what to do with that. Hey, no look. idea. No idea. Yeah, look, you know. I like that movie. I, thank you. Thank you very much, sir. I, uh, previous to this, I was out by the river walking on water. So uh, I figured I'd come around and uh, check everybody out. How are you today, sir? You sound like a Pokemon Go pervert. That's yeah, real gross. yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty good. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ask what Sharif is is up to quick first. So I'm here with my brothers from another mother, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir? You're not supposed to say my name before you do the brother from another. You like completely messed it up. I just flipped it. I rubbed it down. Oh, no. Fine. Get a body. I, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Dude, I'm just down in coffee. Like, it's, it's, it's been a crazy week of packing and gaming and working and trying to have some sleep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just I'm just fully caffeinated right now, man. Dope. Not bad at all. It's always good to get some of that caffeine in your bloodstream so that way you can get the things done that you need to. Uh, we definitely have to say thank you. To all the dope folks who who gave us love uh, last week for our uh, show about, I don't know, it was our catharsis show, man, with all the craziness that's been happening in the world. Uh, and also thank you to everybody who put up with us having our technical difficulties last week and not having a actual, actual show. Um, we, had, we had a really dope guest uh, who we will hopefully try to bring back on so that we can rectify the issues that happened on the technical side of things. But it was so nice to see all the heartwarming and heartfelt uh, thank yous and, and wishes of, of more kind of conversations about, you know, what's happening in the world and our perspective on it. And it was great to basically get that out in the world and have people dig it. So, you know, thank you to everyone who sent us tweets and sent us letters and, and sent us well wishes and all that stuff. Cause they said it was an important conversation to have and they were happy that it was out there. So see. And yeah, I'll, I'll just say that uh, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, for those of you who didn't feel like you had an outlet um, that that we were able to provide some catharsis for you as we were providing catharsis for ourselves. I know that I've had some offline conversations with uh, a few people that have had, a, you know, been having a, a tough time kind of reconciling um, what what certain people are saying they should feel versus how they actually do feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to have avail- been able to avail myself to them and I will continue to do so to whomever needs it whenever they do. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, this is one of the few shows, um, where I would say the majority of the feedback I got was from people that I know are not big video game players in my circle. Um, cause I pass it out to a lot more people like the normal and got some great feedback. So um thank you especially to um to a lot of my friends that are good allies out there that you know didn't try to overtake the conversation and just said that they heard us and they realized the importance and pain so i that felt really good so thank you everyone yeah yeah it was it was great i'm happy we were able to do it and again it's like stuff that you will only get here which which is awesome so thanks again to everybody for that and thank you to our dope, dope, dope guest that we have this week. Somebody who I've been excited wow. to to get on the show for a while for multiple reasons. 
I had first seen this gentleman uh, on the stage at GDC a couple years ago in the micro talk section uh, session. And then I rolled up on, on, on Tim uh, right after a mix event or actually at a mix event, uh, the media India exchange event. And we got to play some of his game with uh, one of the folks who runs or the founder of CEO, Alex Jabaley and kicked his mm-hmm. ass in video ball we have tim rogers from action button entertainment how you doing tim uh well (laughs) i was like normally when you get asked that question you're supposed to be like you're supposed to just say you're okay right Right? (laughs) and i like accidentally was almost like totally honest (laughs) you should totally be honest that's that that is why you're here but i guess now i got to i'm i'm I don't know. I'm not. I'm not doing too good. We just released our video game, so I've been awake for like five days. Uh, yeah. So the, <laughs> the game is out, and there's obviously, you know, you can't release a game that's not got some broken stuff in it. And, right. Uh, there's there's some stuff that's broken in there that we're fixing, and. Uh, Basically, uh, most people are not able to play the game online on the PlayStation 4, and it was like a whole, we took like an extra, well, we said it was going to be an extra six months, but it ended up being an extra year and a half to get the online stuff working, and Mm -hmm. now you can't play it online on the PS4 most of the time, Mm -hmm. but we fixed it. (laughs) I would would say that outside of Rocketball, isn't that... Uh, true for most PlayStation 4 games? They just they they just don't work online? They just you come out with the online not working? I yeah. don't know if their problem's the same as ours, but uh, yeah, it's, it looks like it. Yeah, so you had, so you had a, and, and again, like I'm super excited that you're here. We, we talked a little bit before we got online and there was just some crazy shit that was going on today. Oh, yeah. And I, and I was like, oh no. Oh no! But I'm happy you're here. I'm happy that you're rocking with us, and I'm happy that your game is out because I'm super excited for it, and I've been super excited for it every time I got a chance to play it. I'm uh, I'm real happy it's out. Uh, we were just playing it online last night for like four hours, just playing our own game, and it's like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. Like the cool thing about Video Ball is that anytime I would go to like an event or a conference and you guys had a booth up. It was usually you guys uh, hanging out with the folks over Iron Galaxy because I think yeah. they, they helped produce or they produced. Yeah, or they're what? they're publishing, it publishing and it. They've, okay. they helped us out with the online stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I remember going past any time and it would be like at least five or six people hanging out at the booth playing the game and it would always be really loud. Oh, which yeah. I thought, which I thought was so cool, because you don't see that at conferences where people like have this kind of feeling like they can't be super hype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Which is a weird thing. I'm like, yo, you're having, you're playing a game that's fun. Get super hype. So like, do all that and then be fine with it. <laughs> but it's always these weird things at conferences like that. But for the folks who don't know about Video Ball, give everybody the spiel about what Video Ball is and 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 what kind of went into it uh, to get it to get it out into the world. Well, it's a, uh, basically the idea was to make a, a sports game that is not a simulation of any given sport because when you simulate something, you, it, it's not going to be as good 
as the real thing, right? Mm -hmm. That's why they have a whole, the whole word simulation. It just means it's not the same, it's similar. Uh, we wanted to just make a sport that was exactly, I mean like the joke description of it is it has the best graphics of any game ever because <laughs> it is a perfect one-to-one -one simulation of itself. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not designed it's it's a, it's not like based on a real world sport. It's a sport that exists entirely on a television. So that was the idea, and mm -hmm. I had this idea like, I mean, as as terrible as this sounds, I had this idea like 20 years ago, where I'm mm -hmm. like, I I was playing NBA Jam Tournament Edition nice. on the SNES, and I felt really bad because I was really good at it. I was like way better than <laughs> I was way better than my brother and my brother just like loved it and uh, my brother's best friend loved it and I could beat them like the two of them versus me I could beat them like 240 to 7 or 8 like I could keep them to single digits because I learned wow. where the, the hot spots would always you know the hot spots if you stand on them yeah. and shoot you'd get right. the number of points that's on there so I would just know where those were and I was like, this game is really cool. And I'm exploiting stuff like camera movement, like, cause the camera's panning left and right in imitation of a TV broadcast. Right. I'm like, what if I was, you know, so I'm off the screen and I just know exactly where the guy is coming. And the, the, the idea of NBA Jam is there's no, there's no penalties for pushing somebody. Like you can just push somebody over and knock them to the ground and take the ball. Mm -hmm. And uh, the risk reward is that there's like a wind up where your guy leans back and then pushes forward to knock him right. down. So it's like your opponent can see that coming and move adequately to get out of the way. And I'm like, just, you know, I'm 16 years old playing this game. And I'm like, that's really elegant. And it's kind of better than real basketball. But if real basketball had that, people would be getting just brutally injured you know, <laughs> constantly shout out so, to the new york knicks <laughs> yeah heck yeah like the 80s. <laughs> so so i was like why do these games have to be based on real sports at all and uh i've been kind of obsessing over the mechanics of sports sort of as a language for about 20 years and uh it's reached a point where uh to sound like sort of a psycho like i can't can't talk to anybody about sports <laughs> like i just can't like i hear people in the car like okay so i, I got in a i got in a lift i guess i'm now like 12 layers deep in this so i might do well. it just i got in it. a lift during the nba finals because i, I had to move i was moving from my apartment where they wanted to double my rent in Oakland, California, down here to San Leandro, California. And I had to do it in like, I had like a 72 hour period to do it. Oh my God. So now we're like, now we're like 13 layers deep in this story. Uh, <laughs> and I'm in this car and I get this lift line, which is like the carpool version of lift. And you're supposed to say how many riders there are. And, uh, the the driver's like I hate doing this lift line thing because it's always too many people, it's always they they never put in the right number, 
and it, they always say, oh, I didn't see that there was a number. And <laughs> we go to this bar and these two dudes in warriors shirts, these two tech looking San Francisco dudes, you know, they're like, uh, they get in the car and uh, there's like not enough room in this car. Uh, there's like one empty seat and some guy squeezes me in in the back seat and the driver's like you said there was only one of you and uh i'm already inclined to dislike this guy right <laughs> to dislike both of these the guy's like oh i didn't see that there was a choice to uh to pick two riders i i did i didn't see that there was an option and the driver had just been saying like people don't see that that's an option uh, or he, he's like he's like everybody sees that option you know have you guys used lyft before yes right yeah, yeah, okay yeah. so you know like the carpool like it's like how many riders yeah. this is a carpool service it's like it pops it right up in your face and the guy's like everybody sees it and people always pretend they didn't see it like <laughs> Like saying, oh, the attachment didn't attach to my email. You just forgot it. Right, like right, 110% of the time. It's, it's not that it didn't attach. It's like, come on, man. So these guys get in this car, and I'm already inclined to not like them. And I'm a little upset because I'm not watching the basketball game in my own peculiar way, right? <laughs> and uh, the driver goes... So what's up? Uh, are, were you guys watching the game in there? And the guys are like, oh, yeah, dude, it was like totally dead in there. <laughs> oh, man, like we want to go to like a, you know, maybe shuffle, check out a cooler spot. You know, we want to go to this bar. And it's like, man. And then the guy's like, so, you know, how's the game? And then the guy goes and just says something totally inane. And I'm like, wow, I'm a hundred times better at following this sporting event than this <laughs> sports dude who was watching it and i'm not even watching it and knowing what i know obsessively about every player and ev the history of every player's career on the field i'm like i'm watching this game in my head better than you are uh, and you were watching it for real so it's like the guy was already striking me as a jerk, so maybe I was a little extra harsh on him in my mind prison as I sat in the back seat of that car. But yeah, that's the kind of person who wanted to make a sport with no penalties or fouls, uh, a sport where a computer is the referee. Uh, you cannot bribe the processor of your PlayStation 4 to turn something in your favor. The ball cannot deflate uh, everything is completely perfect every time. So video ball is, uh, so now I've been able to read some customers' opinions about it. And they're like, they're like, oh, you know, just like people, man, some guy was streaming it yesterday. And I guess he's like a popular streamer. I, I mean, I, he is, I know he's a popular streamer. He's like, got like 200,000 subscribers and his viewers all liked it. And then he tweeted later, I'm going to play more video ball. And someone, the very first reply was, it's the poor man's rocket league. 
And it's oh. like, well, if you mean that three people who <laughs> have not been to the dentist <laughs> since college uh, are working on the game. Like, uh, it, as opposed to 60 people with full-time jobs, then, well, yes, it is the poor man's Rocket League. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Okay, Rocket League rules, man. It's great. But, yeah. But the, but the thing is that <laughs> now, now we're 15, 16 layers deep on this. But, yeah, this is this is pretty deep. So but, basically, but, it's a game where you move around and you press a button to fire a triangular projectile at a ball, and you push the ball into the opponent's goal to score points. Yeah. You hold the button down to charge a bigger triangle. The bigger triangles push harder. If a triangle touches a triangle, the triangles cancel each other. If mm -hmm. a triangle touches the player, it cancels the player's charge. That's it. And, you know, there's kind of trillions of, literally trillions of ways a match can turn out. I feel and like the number one ranked player on the leaderboards is a chess player, which interests me like a huge amount. Really? That's so really interesting. We've got like a real chess connoisseur dominating at this game which you know is kind of amusing and interesting so wait have you so so you've have you played with this cat or have you seen his has you seen this person's play I've, I've seen him play we we actually beat him in uh one on or in two on two we beat a team that had him on it okay but uh yeah he's he's pretty good i've watched some of the highlights he's putting on youtube and i kind of can't wait for more people to do some highlights like that. That's nice. dope. Yeah, so, I love it. So, so like when you mentioned earlier, kind of like this journey from NBA Jam to now, sort of figuring out how to, you know, sort of bring this uh, um, image in your mind into reality. Um, at what point did you decide, like, um, that you weren't going to use people and that you were going to have just objects and? make that oh that there weren't going to be people in yes. the game yeah like oh well that was uh okay so the first prototype we made was in 2011 and uh it it was kind of nebulous what the characters were it's like were they characters were they were they ships or cars or tanks or whatever so they were made of just some voxels, and it looked sort of weird. Uh, and we, we weren't sure what we were going to make it, but eventually, man, my, my voice is delaying in my headphones. It's coming in like a second late, and that's why I'm talking like a robot. <laughs> uh, I don't know why it's doing this. It wasn't doing it before. Okay. okay now wow now i'm now i can talk in like my normal voice i think i was going like five six minutes talking like a serial killing robot so, like, I, I don't know how that's gonna i don't know how that's gonna sound to your audience but uh it could be a fun experiment so yeah when did we decide not to use characters there's kind of a story there uh we were making a game for some guys uh it was like 
this iOS game, they wanted, okay, so they were working with Atari and they wanted to make like, they were contracting somebody to make a Pong game. And I'd done some work on a bunch of mobile games and I had just sort of started my own studio and they were like, hey, let's, uh, uh, do you, do you want to make this Pong 2012 Pong remix game for us? And by this point, we already had a prototype of Video Ball. So with the prototype in Video Ball is October 2011. It's almost five years ago, which is really, really sad to think about <laughs> how long ago that was. But I just, we just made it, and then we had like a party at my house and played it, and people kept wanting to play it, so it stayed popular. And these guys had heard of it, and they'd seen it, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, we want to make a new Pong. And Atari is, uh, they're trusting us to wrangle some talent and such. And we made a Pong. And it was, it was beautiful. It was this really neat thing. Me and uh, Brent Porter, who's in the other room right now, we, we just hammered this thing out. And it was weird and good. And it was like, you could play it with an Xbox controller, the analog stick. Like, if mm -hmm. you press it to the top, the paddle goes all the way up to the top. And if you press it, and when the ball hits the paddle, there's a screen freeze during which you can input curves, oh, like nice. you're oh, curving awesome. pitches in a baseball game. Oh, that's so we added all this stuff, and there was multiple balls, and the balls could hit each other and reflect each other. Mm. And uh, you could put forward touch on the ball to make it go faster, or back touch to make it go slower. Yeah. Oh, and it was cool. all just an analog stick control. Hmm. And uh, we made it, and it looked really, really good. And uh, then Atari apparently didn't want it. They like huh. wanted to, they wanted to do some contest instead, where they said, "Hey, indie developers, send us your indie pong, and uh, maybe it'll be the official 40th anniversary pong game." And uh, I was uh, almost you know never until uh, recently I had never been so insulted in my life. But, uh, <laughs> so until this year. Uh, uh, like, it was like, oh, that's a real shame. And these guys are like, no, you know what? It's okay, man. We're going to give you some money. And we can finish this game. And I was like, all right, but how about something else? And he's like, well, what do you have in mind? And I was like, well, anything. Like, <laughs> I've got, like, you want to make this for mobile devices and you want to you want to monetize it like a liquor store, you know? Like, I, like you want to make it, like, make money. I've got all... I, I know all the magic spells for getting this stuff to happen. Like, let's just do it, buddy. I can give you a weird game. And I pitched all these ideas, like a little... The one I liked the most was like a little disc golf game where you are like dragging and releasing to fire a disc that bounces around an arena, kind of like a video ball. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to like land it in a hole. And there are different obstacles. And we make like 500 holes. And then you play nine of them. And then it sends the same seed to somebody else and okay. you're just playing this stupid little disc golf thing and they're like nah man how about you just finish that pong thing <laughs> and i was like oh man so they, they liked the thing they'd already seen uh and if we prototyped something else it wouldn't have looked as flashy as our our pong thing it's like of course it looks real to you guys because it's it looks like pong it's white paddles and a black background it's like it looks you know, it looks like what you remember Pong is looking like. Uh, 
but it also had a lot of flashy visual effects and it was like Pac-Man Championship Edition yeah. Pong. Right, it was really right. cool. That's awesome. So we made it and we loved it. I'd love to like release the prototype of it. You know, we probably could. I'm going to look into the legal situation of publishing the prototype of that Pong game. Mm. But uh, 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 let uh, it fall off a digital truck. Yeah, yeah. It'll just, somebody will get a hold of it. Yeah. Uh, they, I'll leave a USB stick at the office of somebody who I've told about it. <laughs> I, have a feeling, I have a feeling you could put that somewhere magical and random and Mike Micah would find it. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Mike Micah might already have it. He probably, in fact, he probably does. In fact, I think he does because I showed it to him once. Yep. Oh, so he has it then. Yeah, maybe he should put it out. It's fun. Speaking, uh, speaking of Mike Micah, really quickly, happy belated birthday, Mike. It was, yeah, uh, happy last, birthday, Mike Micah. Last week. I, uh, I saw that on my Facebook. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look through all the birthdays. I like knowing when people's birthdays are. Yeah, I used to remember everybody's birthday that I knew. You used to and remember. Now, I used to remember phone numbers. But, yeah, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, now you don't have that. to remember anything. But you know? said I, I remember hearing in a story that you wrote, and and uh, you you write some really dope stuff. That was one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on the show. Besides, just oh like, man, besides video ball stuff. Um, and I remember you writing that you have like a really really good memory. Yeah, uh, it was something I never really talked about, and then recently I'm like. Maybe I can write a book about this. Yeah. Like, of all the... I write a lot of nonsense. I write a lot of fiction that I don't show anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but maybe if I just wrote about that sort of thing from, like, a clinical perspective, somebody would uh, think it's interesting. I have a bizarre ability to remember a lot of stuff. Uh, and I don't know why, and it's never been useful. It's, it's not it's not useful it's just it's just a huge wall of noise and i mean i'm 37 years old and i just have this hyper hyper dense just sheer niagara falls of white noise of memory that mm, i can huh. just i can just look at it and see everything it's just all there uh that's super interesting the condition is called hyperthymesia, or highly superior autobiographical memory. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, there was an episode of House about it. So I figure if there's an episode of House where a character has this, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should talk to people about it. Uh, it's got to be real. Like, it's got to be yeah, that's real. True. But it's I... like, it took me until I was like 28 years old to, uh, no, I was 27. Uh, to finally sympathize, or not sympathize, but empathize with some other people about who don't do this, uh, which is, I guess, everybody that I've ever met. I've met one person. <laughs> I've met one other person with, uh, who, who has a memory about equal to mine, and that person is the reason I thought maybe I should write a book about this because we had a conversation that was among the most interesting I've ever had. Maybe the most interesting conversation I've mm -hmm. had in my life was meeting another person who can do this. Uh, so, uh, I'm trying to get back to where I was. I can't remember two minutes ago. It's, uh, <laughs> see, so my, you're my talking about how great your memory is. I was talking about how great my memory is. Yes. Long term memory. <laughs> that's, that's what I was talking about. Short term. <laughs> it's just the, sh the sheer noise of the memory is just, oh man. So yeah, there was an episode of house about it 
and uh, I, I think maybe I should talk about this. Never met anybody, so I'm 27 years old, and finally I achieve. It's just somebody, I, I'm on the internet, I write stuff on the internet, I, I was writing reviews of games, I was working on some games at the same time, and just writing reviews as a hobby, and writing some fiction, and I just meet people, you know, at various video game events, and I was living in Tokyo, and people would come to Tokyo, and they'd be like, oh, I like your blog, I like your articles on Kotaku, or wherever, I read this thing, you wrote about this, and, and then, like, every time I would meet one of these people for the second time, uh-huh. they would say, hey, I'm not sure if you remember me, but we met at this thing, uh, you know, on September 12th, 2009, yeah, I remember that, you know, like, it would be like, it's, it's I would like, run away. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, yeah, we met on a Tuesday. It was about 64 degrees outside. Wow. It's like all this useless stuff. So it's like I remember that stuff. But enough years of people going, I'm not sure if you remember me. <laughs> or I'm not sure if you remember, but we once shared a cab in this place. I'm like, yeah. And then it's like all all this time, maybe like mildly, sort of weirdly, you know, I'm just sitting there my whole life and I'm just like, why would somebody forget that they shared a cab with somebody? Why would you forget huh. that? Right. How can huh. you forget sharing a cab with a person? Right. Right. Huh. And then I'm like, oh, I guess people do. And sometimes sort of a lot. And uh, I wish there was a way for me to Gmail uh, flag as unimportant, you know, memories <laughs> as they occur. But it's like, uh, you know, I, I find myself lately forgetting stuff that happens it's, it's about investment. It's like, how invested yeah. am I in a situation? I remember what my eyes are seeing and what I'm looking at. Right. And anything on the periphery, it's not like I have this infinite spatial and uh, uh, perception. It's like, I, I've got to be like paying attention, <laughs> right? So whatever I pay attention to, I'm going to remember that. Days will go by when you don't think of the date, you yep. know? Yep. So I can I can defragment my own memory like fast enough to go, yeah, I wasn't thinking of the date on June 16th. I did not think of the date even once. I only know this because I thought of the date on the 15th and the 18th, and I didn't on the 17th, but there was a day before that when I didn't either. Hmm. So I can like do that. Huh. So it's like, it's it's frustrating and the older i get and the more memories i accumulate the harder it is to use any of it and uh (laughs) maybe maybe this is a topic that i should discuss with the psychologist but uh uh it is uh one of uh one of my problems that i have and i'm not sure what to do about it and uh i've never been able to have like a a job that I wasn't supremely uncomfortable at, perhaps because of this. And uh, you want to talk about days when you don't think of the date. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to, I teased something before the show, right? Yeah, right. Yes, indeed. Right. Yes, indeed. Yes, you did. So the state of California stole my car. <laughs> and they made me pay them one thousand two hundred dollars oh to steal shit. it. Oh my god! They made me give them. Well, I had okay, not the state, but I had to give a tow yard twelve hundred dollars 
to Jeez. keep my car forever. Fuck. I had to sign the title over. And the reason is, I'm going to hold this up to my camera. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, oh, man. This vehicle is parked in violation of the law. Section 6-1.820 of the San Leandro Municipal Code provides that no vehicle shall be parked upon any street or alley for a period exceeding 72 hours. What? To comply with this ordinance, oh, three days in parentheses, in case your math is not very good. (laughs) In case you haven't seen the show 24 and you know that it's 24 hours. To... (laughs) To comply with the ordinance, your vehicle must be driven every three days. Article 22651, parentheses K, CVC, permits the removal of any vehicle left standing upon a highway. Okay, a highway for 72 or more hours. Okay. uh, In violation of a local ordinance authorizing removal. An inoperative vehicle, et cetera, et cetera, parts thereof being maintained in violation of the code, et cetera, et cetera, the abandonment of any vehicle. Anyway, I left my car parked outside about a block around the corner because parking is limited availability, and there was a block party. uh, I don't know. Uh, Anyway, I just didn't leave my house for long enough that they just took it. So wait a minute. So that's what happened. I'm working on this video game. I'm putting this video game out. And they just took my car. Um, so and and uh, they they sent me a letter. Okay, so they took the car on June twenty fifth, uh-huh. right? And I have two cars. They they're both not even cars I want. I don't want a car. I'm tired of paying so much when my cars get stolen. Uh, my car's been stolen by car thieves uh, like five times. Oh, uh, God. And they, I get charged a bunch of money whenever I have to get it from the impound lot days later. Oh, oh here's, here's a fun fact. You can report your car is stolen in Oakland, California, and the police are going to call their friends who run a tow yard before they call you uh, 100% of the time. What? They're going to find your car see that it has been reported as stolen and then they're going to call the tow yard when you live like two minutes away. Uh, it's, it's really frustrating. So yeah, they just took my car and, uh, uh, I paid so much money for these cars and I don't want them. So they, they sent me a letter saying that the car's valued at, okay, first of all, they sent the letter two weeks after they towed the car, two weeks what? after, <laughs> right? They sent the letter and, I mean, it it was like a running joke here in my house, like with people hanging out. I'm like, I should go look at my car, see if it's okay. And it's like, nah, the Nissan. It was an it was an old Nissan Altima that my friend left outside my house before Christmas, and then he never came back to take it. Sent me a Facebook message in March saying, Hey, just register that car in your name if you want to keep it. And I said, Okay, and I did. So, uh. Yeah, I, I just kept joking. I'm like, I should look at this car. And then a letter arrives. It's like, yeah, we towed your car like two weeks ago, idiot. Uh, it's gone. Here's the address of the garage where it's being stored for $95 a day. Your vehicle is valued at under $4,000, uh, right? And it has already accumulated $2,000 of garage fees, oh my right? God. And I'm like, man, I don't want this car. I don't drive it. 
the registration is expired. I have like I've stopped driving it like four months ago. Would they has- would they have like just charged you continuously forever and then been like, hey, you need to come pick up your car? They were going to charge for sixty days yeah. and that then sell nice. the car at auction for sixty days. Then it becomes their car, right? Oh, so okay. it's like if you steal somebody's car and you can and if you can keep a hold of it for sixty days, it's now yours. <laughs> uh, which is actually this is the law actually. So if the car's not reported stolen or missing in sixty days, it's just theirs. But they still know the name of the registered owner and they can contact you and they can say. Uh, we contacted him uh, and we told him it's being held for $95 a day and uh, he's got to pay it eventually, right? So it's like, <laughs> like they, can then, they, can make, they can sell my car and then contact the DMV, the IRS through the DMV to like, like just suck money out of my bank account forever until I've paid $6,000 for a car that they've already sold to somebody probably not at a profit so they sent another letter and they're like look buddy we've got your car and it looks like you might not want it so (laughs) why don't you come to this address and give us twelve hundred dollars and then did they hop out of a white van when they did this shit man i don't even know i didn't see the letter arrive you know man like the when the letter arrived auspiciously, the mail I've got a mail slot in my door. So yeah, yeah. the mail just kind of flops onto the living room floor while I'm sitting there working uh, on my laptop on the sofa. And it terrifies me every time I jump. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, what is that? I think it's like a rat has has like jumped through the mail slot. Mail you know, rat. it's like, like like a big rat is like, I got to get in there. Like chewed through my screen door and jumped through the mail slot. Like every time I think it's an animal. And... Uh, <laughs> Which I guess, you know, I should remember that it's not an animal. I should make a mental note to not be scared at 11 a.m. on the dot every day. Uh, my previous apartment, the mail didn't arrive till like 10 p.m., which blew my mind. I'd go out there and the mailman's just standing there. So anyway, the, I like That's open weird. the door as I hear the mailman coming up. And I like open the screen door. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm like, I'll take that from you. And he like, it's like going to hand me the mail. And he's like weirding out. He's like, uh-oh. You know, he's like looking around. He's like, can I just hand the mail to this guy? And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, and it's this weird, you know, this weird, like super exploded uh, variation of the, you know, you run into somebody like because you're crossing paths on the sidewalk, except he's like, I can see his mental machinery turning. He's like, how do I know this guy lives here? And it's like, well, how do you know that the guy who lives here lives here when the door is closed and you're putting it through the mail slot. Right. Like, like, how do you know that the house isn't like full of wild dogs or whatever at that point, right? Like, who are just going to chew the mail up like in violation of the, the Hippocratic Oath do no harm to the mail or whatever. So it's like he hands me this letter and I'm like, oh, it's from the DMV. And I open it up and it's like, the very first line is like, hey, idiot. Uh, and then it's like we got your car uh, and I'm like what and then uh, I open up the letter under that and it's like how about this give us $1,200 by Friday or give us $6,000 on August 6th when we sell your car and I'm like oh man I'm going to give them $1,200 and all my friends are like 
dude, just call them up and be like, ask if there's a payment plan that they can do. I'm like, just if there's like a payment plan. I'm like, man, I get on the internet. I'm like, I understand their sincerity, you know, because I would love that too. And I get on the internet. I'm like, <laughs> how do you even start Googling this? It tests the limits of your knowledge. I'm like, the, they towed my car. Uh, there's like an amnesty plan is what they call this give us $1,200 thing. Yeah. But yeah, amnesty <laughs> is too nice a word for give right. us $1,200 by tomorrow or give us $6,000 at some point in your life. That's uh, a ransom. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. that's a that's like worse than like a loan shark is what, 200%? This is literally 500%. Yeah. Right. It's like, first of all, they make up both of those prices. Money's not real. Economics is not real. It's just a... It's a sick thought machine somebody made thousands of years ago. They say six thousand dollars, idiot, and then they say, "Or give us twelve hundred by Friday." Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's like I hate this money thing so much. I don't want it, but I need it. You know, I just want to make this cool video game that's, you know, a digital yeah. sporting good, digital workout equipment. You know, I want to talk I'll, about that actually. So, so, so uh, maybe we could. Right. <laughs> so maybe, uh, maybe we can. Well, the, the, uh, so the, the, uh, I mean, we've we've heard about a bunch. Of, I love you. I love you, Tim. Yeah. Oh, thank a, you. I'm glad somebody does. I love a, you, Rick. I love you, Tim. A, a bunch of a bunch of weird shit just happened. Um, but first, first off, we learned that Tim can't go on vacation at his home without actually driving somewhere. Because yeah. when he gets and back, his car will be impounded. My um, driveway is like as wide as like two lawnmowers. I can't fit a car in there. Right. <laughs> it's like, but nobody nobody parks in front of my driveway out of respect right. for its appearance as a driveway. Right. It's like I can't I can't put my car in there. Right. Um, it's like, <laughs> so you <laughs> you 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 uh, you started um, twelve levels ago. By saying that you have this uh, this memory that is is both troubling and and a stupid human trick, but I, yes. I wanted to know if if it was if it, you know, and you you kind of alluded to the fact that you haven't really found a job where where it doesn't creep people out or doesn't creep you out in it. I was I thought maybe that game design would be a perfect job for this type of thing. Because you can remember, um, or can you remember, just uh, weird idiosyncratic moments of coding um, at at any given at any given time. So I've got this uh, just this catalog in my head of every design change that has happened in Video Ball and why. So there are just. I want to do a podcast with just my my co-founders about all, like I just want to like rattle off this list of every change that has happened and we talk about it but it's like the simple idea is you push the ball by shooting it right, right. so that was the core idea the idea that uh, possession of the ball limits the potential of strategy in any given sport what if it was about influence of the ball instead of possession of it right. so remote influence is just the core idea of video ball and that's not it's, it's i'm not gonna say it's not possible but it's not uh it's not reasonable 
in, in any given real-life sport. You can't have multiple balls in a real sport because if a ball goes out of bounds in basketball, they are obligated to stop the game because there are limits of physics. So I just that was the clean idea, was influence of the ball remotely via projectiles. So this is why when people compare it to Rocket League, I'm like, hmm, Rocket League is great. I love it. But that's that's pretty much the exact opposite. It's direct influence. It's not remote indirect influence. So that core idea, starting with that, no out of bounds, no penalties, indirect influence, multiple balls, like there have been just dozens of little changes, like so many changes to the game that uh, like if you were to stack them all up, you wouldn't see, uh, it, you, it would look, like toward a certain point, the game stops looking any different. Right, but right. there were, which is when we decided to make it without people. So that was a question from earlier. Yes, it that was. I can, I, can, I, can finish, I can finish my answer to that if you want. So this, is, this would be the right time to do that. So you, you're asking, do I have uh, memories of these idiosyncratic moments? Uh, so yes, I do. It was uh, GDC 2013 when we uh, decided to make the game not about people right? To make it not about vehicles, to make it without metaphor. The idea is, so we had made this Pong game for iOS, right? iOS and Android. Uh, these guys gave us some money. They didn't want my other ideas. They wanted, they just like, we've already seen this Pong game, just finish that. We gave it a bright, colorful aesthetic. We made it into, like on an iPad, you can play two players, each of you on opposite sides. And the idea of the game is the graphics don't orient. You know, when you rotate mm. the iPad, it doesn't shift orientation mm -hmm. top and bottom, uh, except on the Amazon Fire HD tablet where they require <laughs> it to always change orientation, even if the orientation is not important. We had UI elements that rotated. The UI right. rotated, but the game didn't. And this got me thinking about... Uh, and this is something I, I want to give a. I wanted to give a lecture about this at GDC, and, and they thought it was too weird, I guess. But my lecture I did give was pretty weird. Uh, so <laughs> I wanted to give the like: d Is a television philosophically a different object when you're playing video ball on it than when you're playing Call of Duty on it? Does the nature of the television as a physical object change? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like. Can a digital game be a thing you have if your iPad is running it? Is your iPad now a device for playing my game, right, while it's happening? And I believe philosophically the answer is, is yes, and I could argue this for hours. But uh, let's just please agree with me tentatively here. So, like, the idea <laughs> that the orientation of the game doesn't change, but the UI elements do, I got to thinking while we're making this tennis game, uh, my iPad really is, it's a board game now. Me and my friend are playing this little simple Pong game by sliding and tapping our fingers. And when, when the ball touches the paddle, you can put aftertouch by doing a little jiggle with your finger. You can bend it two ways, and the degree of the bend is tied to how far you push. It was very intuitive, very, uh, very gently intuitive. I, I had a lot of little thoughts that went into it, and I milked the whole tennis idea me and Brent Porter did we we milked that whole idea as hard as we could uh, even though we wanted desperately to make something else but we were being paid to do this and then 
when it came time to make the app icon, the game was called Tennis with no E and no I, just tennis with no vowels. When it came time, and then later Nike made a tennis shirt that just said T-N-N-S and all capital letters on it, which looked like it was an advertisement for our game, which was weird. The game was completely <laughs> un, completely unpopular. I think nobody played it. Uh, and it was kind of broken and sort of bad. And it was just, you know, it had like a roguelike uh, single player mode uh, that was getting through obstacles with the ball. Mm-hmm. It was stupid. We've made a lot of games that died promptly after. Video Ball is the first real one. So when we made the app icon, we made this beautiful uh, gradient yellow circle with a beautiful gradient magenta capital T inside of the circle. And then the background of the app icon was white. And uh, the, uh, the producer guys were like, hmm, that looks kind of boring, man. Like... Can't you spruce it up a bit? And I went, no, this is gorgeous. This looks, this looks fantastic. This looks like, this, like I, I don't know about you, buddy, but I watch the fashion shows uh, on the internet. I click through the slideshows of all of them. I watch the videos when I can, you know. I'm telling you, like, I follow fashion. I follow industrial design, graphic design trends. This looks really good. This looks like tomorrow, baby, is what I said to the guy. That's the exact phrase. So he's I want like, to, I want to use that everywhere I go. This looks like tomorrow, baby. I'm st- I'm stealing that. So there, there you go. Do it. Take it. You got you got license. So he's uh, and then the guys are like, I don't know. Can you spruce it up a little bit? So me and Brent Porter, we did the graphic designer's trick, which is uh, do give the client what they want, but give them like three hundred percent of what they want. You know, and uh, make it impossible to say that looks good. And they like we put like some some gleam on it, some embellishment. We put some little stuff, you know, just all over the place, like a little sparkle. And there's like an embossing, and it looks like it's popping out. And there's like a little 3D effect on the letters, a little shadow. So you hit all the blending options in Photoshop, basically. Yeah, basically all of them. And we showed it to the guy, and the guy's like, awesome. <laughs> He's springtime for Hitler, you. That's extreme. Yeah, we got we got springtime for Hitler like three hundred percent. But then then we're like, hmm, actually, we went. Oh, it's a little bit too much. What if it looked like this? And then thankfully, the guy goes, Oh, it looks better. And it was a little bit closer to the original vision. We released the game. Nobody cared. Uh, it's a cute little game. I, I like simple games. I need to make another mobile game as soon as possible to get revenge on that one because I feel like we left it on a sour note. And then we made two PlayStation mobile games that, again, going back to the, your thing as a physical object, and I swear this gets into all the questions that have been asked so far. Uh, I'm about to link it in. I'm about to just, I'm about to link it in 100%. We're going to be LinkedIn.com in about two minutes here. Uh, uh, so, like the 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 we we made these two games for the PlayStation Mobile. Do you guys know what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sony, it was a thing. It was a thing. Sony wanted to like curate their own game app store with the PlayStation brand within the Android market, which was a cute idea. And I saw it and I said, that thing's gonna die real fast, yeah. right? <laughs> yep. And I was like, how neat would it be to make a mobile game that? Okay, so you know Flappy Bird, right? The guy pulled Flappy Bird from the app store and everyone's like, no, I want Flappy Bird. And uh, 
he was just didn't like the amount of email he was getting. And you know, all all respect to that dude because uh, my game Video Ball is not nearly as popular as Flappy Bird, not even one one millionth at this point probably. And not uh, yet. no, not yet. Oh God, I'm I'm scared. <laughs> but man, I'm looking at the emails and I'm getting a lot of email. That guy, that must be soul crushing. It must ruin your life uh, to have a game as popular as Flappy Bird and just be one dude. Man, that had to have been rough. So, mm-hmm. like, if it's like a million times what I'm getting, I'm estimating it's about a million. Yeah, no way, man. <laughs> I'd be, I would have moved uh, to another country. And to another I thr- email? I would have frisbeed my, no, no, I would have stopped email. It would have been enough to make me quit email for good, probably. <laughs> so, but, but he pulled Flappy Bird and people were like, I've got Flappy Bird on my phone. And like eBay is like, oh, we, I've got a phone that's got Flappy Bird on that. it. Yeah. You know, right? And that just fascinates the heck out of me to think this phone is a Flappy Bird. Oh. Flappy Bird, like Flappy Bird has received a physical release. Right. But it's that mm. guy's fault because he took it, right? right? I was like, I saw PlayStation Mobile as an opportunity to do that without being a jerk. But I guess mm. now that makes me a huge jerk to say that. So, oh well. But now, if you have my, if you have our two PlayStation Mobile games on your PlayStation Vita, you have them forever. And if you don't have them, you'll never have them. Yeah. And I get asked, "Are you going to release that on on iOS?" And the answer is no. Like, this is this is uh, it's it's funny to me. But video ball's better than those games. So whatever. There you go. Anyway, so physical object. This tennis game is a physical object. These uh-huh. guys don't like our app icon. And then what happens two minutes later is iOS 7, right? Oh, right. iOS 7, which kind of steamrolled graphic design at the moment. Like, flat design had been around. It had been a trend in graphic, in graphic design for a while. And iOS 7 just kind of steps in and is like, yeah, uh, not only is it a trend it's what we're doing now everything's flat gradients mm-hmm. it's smooth i think ios 7 was kind of phenomenal i thought it looked great uh and whatever i mean i have an iphone i have i, I don't know where it is right now because it's been hidden uh no i'm looking for it don't look for uh, it <laughs> I, I i hide my phone before i do a podcast is what uh, uh i have somebody hide it for me uh so uh i was telling you guys about that earlier so it's like I've got a big, I've got the giant pink iPhone, you know, I love it. Uh, it's, it's, I just like having that phone. It's just easy for me to use. Probably Android's better. Uh, I could probably be more comfortable with an Android, but it's like, it's just so, it just looks so nice. It pleases me. I have a lot of discomfort. I've broken teeth. Uh, I don't know, sensitive skin. <laughs> all true. this, all this, I have all these problems. You have uh, a lot of things, you have a lot of things going on. Uh, but maybe, maybe I make them up for myself. You know, I've got pretty much the perfect first world lotto jackpot of problems, you know, (laughs) so it's like, it's like whatever, like the sort of thing that makes me mad. You want to know what makes me mad is uh, when people are liking my post on Facebook and it gets like 50 likes and then one guy posts a wow, 
you know. <laughs> it's like, why do you have to be the one guy to post a wow? And that is... Uh, it, could, it could be a positive wow. <laughs> you know, it, it, could, it could be, but he just wants to have a different reaction. And to me, that's the closest I get uh, as a... Uh, as a, as, a, as, a, as a white, college-educated male American uh, with, a, you know, with a, a wide variety of technical skills. I could work in a bank, but I don't. Like, that's the closest I get to feeling, like, harassed on but the let internet. Me, well, let me ask you is, this, though. It's getting a wow instead of a like. So it's like, it's like I, want, I, want one day, I want one day when you're having your falling down moment, you just, you just in, a, in, a oh, wall, in, a, in a wall of text. In a wall oh, of text, no. it'll just be like hashtag fuck wow. Just yeah, boom. Wow. Just all over the place. Just like all over the place. It'll just be every, I'll just see your Twitter feed one day. I'll be like, oh shit, Tim, Tim Tim's gone. <laughs> He's lost. Gotta, I'm like, gotta, I'm get, done gotta with Facebook. Tim, we got to pull Tim back from the, from the abyss. <laughs> it'll be fucking yeah. loud day. But I had a question because I, so, I, I wanted to ask you about, oh, yes. I wanted to ask you about, uh, you talked <laughs> about being mad about, about fuck wow, right? Yes. But I also think that I was li- listening to your GDC talk when you were discussing Video Ball. Oh, the sports one? The sports one, which was fucking dope. It was super dope. Oh, man, thanks. Yeah, I had such good. a good time. And you had, I can see you having a lot of fun when you did it. And it was cool because I love the way that you talked about um, uh, athleticism. Oh, and yes. How, and how you talked about athleticism within Video Ball as being this kind of removing of the restraints of of all the things we see in the physical world. So he's like, you talk about the physical aspects of sport and you, you reference basketball as, as, as kind of the reference point there and how in basketball, the kind of release of the ball from the fingertips and that kind of uh, essence of that movement would be what people would deem athleticism yes. uh, in those kinds of sports and, and how you kind of wanted to translate what that would be like in a digital sport like video ball. Could you, can you kind of talk into talk a little bit about that? Cause I thought that was fascinating. I thought that was so dope. that is uh so that was the very core of us deciding to make games in the first place is being like, there's an opportunity in this, like to have games. So you hear the phrase game feel sort of a mm-hmm. lot when you talk to a game designer. Uh, I, I have, you know, again, I, I can't think the way other people do because my brain is messed up. So I can't just use the word game feel. I have to have like 16 different words to <laughs> split game feel up into a whole bunch of different categories. There's, there's friction, which is, uh, it has to do, which the, the idea of friction is, you know, I could write a book about that, but there's, friction is not, this, it's not just another word for game feel. Uh, it's, it's something else. So then there, there's friction and there's athleticism are the two big ones. And athleticism is like, anything that involves uh, not taking control away from the player, but uh, encouraging the player to muscle memorize something that doesn't work. I don't want to, it's it's intuition versus uh, judgment versus like coldness, right? Mm -hmm. This is to use a Myers-Briggs example, right? So, you you can intuit it rather than to judge it. Like so, judging would be I press up on the D pad and the thing moves. It right. begins moving. It's like programmer movement, right? Like mm-hmm. so, uh, and I mean we 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 talk a lot about programmer game design in in the making of video games, and it's like kind of somewhat derogatory because there's a lot of programmers who 
know video games very well. Uh, our programmers, uh, Brent Porter and Michael Kerwin, are they know how games they know how to make games feel really good. That's the only reason they are working on video ball instead of getting jobs in AAA, which they could very easily do. Uh, I, I think it's kind of insane that they don't do that, uh, but I shouldn't say that too loudly while they're in the <laughs> next room. So, like, uh, so it's like, uh, so the you know, programmer movement would be: I press the button to move up. I press the up key to move up. The character begins to move up uh, the instant the button is pressed. The character stops moving up the instant the button is released. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and the character moves at this speed. Right. That's that's. Uh, I call that just judgment. So the, mm. the, 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 game, is, the yeah. game design is judging the input, yeah. right? It's just judging it as absolute. And then intuitive would be it does something else. The, the game is intuiting something. The game's like, oh, up uh, has been, uh, the button has been gotten down for uh, one frame. So... I'm going to start uh, doing this thing, which is accelerating and getting up to this speed we want to get to. And then when the button is let go, I will see that as the character has wants to stop this action. So in other words, Mario sliding around, that's athleticism, mm-hmm. right? Mm. So Mario does not stop immediately. And if you play any pre-Super Mario Bros. platformer, I'm trying to think, uh, and there are actually a lot of them. There's... Uh, kind of a fascinating amount of pre-Mario Japanese platformers for the Famicom and the MSX, and they're, they're just atrocious. There's uh, uh, Mr. Goemon, which is a l- precursor to Legend of the Mystical Ninja, and it's just got truly awful controls. And Legend of Kage by uh, Taito, mm. it's a ninja game where you can jump really high. Yeah, it's yeah. got some okay controls, but it's like they weren't thinking of inertia and momentum and it's just your character just kind of stops and to me that's just that's boring that's really boring you know so with that i want to go one step further in making a game i want it to be so then there, there were games at the same time where there's athleticism of the mind athleticism of the eyes right mm-hmm. so uh, this that sounds really really weird athleticism of the eyes but but that's what it is it's uh, in space invaders your eyes uh, you're you're training your eye muscles to train your brain muscles which is not a thing that exists to memorize the exact amount of time it takes a shot to get from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen right, right, right. and the shot in space invaders is a for better, for lack of a better term, it is a real thing in the world of the game. Yes. It's not a ray cast like in an FPS. Yeah. It's a physical object. It's moving in the world. And right. it'll either go through your shield or it will impact an enemy. And the enemies have these quirky movement patterns. I think Space Invaders is a game that anyone wanting to play video games should really, really play a lot. Like anyone wanting to make video games should really study Space Invaders. There's actually, there's stuff in there there's textbooks worth of stuff in Space Invaders that people still have not mined out. You know, there's there's gold in that hill, is what I'm saying. So <laughs> it's like uh, the whole idea of having to memorize the speed of that object when it's going to collide with the enemy. And the enemies move, like, uh, in an offset pattern. They jiggle a little bit, and then they'll jump. They'll just, right. like, yeah. instantly transform to that space. So you have to negotiate this weird movement of your character and 
know that your shot is going to reach that area that that guy's going to be at that time. So it's highly predictive. It's about predicting. And uh, to me, that's athletic. That's, uh, that's kind of what an athleticism would be in that game. That's athleticism of the eyes, the eyes and the brain. And uh, Space Invaders is, I don't want to say, I was going to say fortunately, it's, it's fortunately light on strategy. It's enjoyable purely as a straight-ahead shooting game where you're just shooting the dudes and having a good time. Uh, I just thought, what could be more meaningful, right? Uh, and that's uh, if the thing is moving by influence of another player or by influence of... If, the, if you're shooting at something that the enemy is also shooting. Usually in a game, you're shooting the enemy, right? Right. Uh, and the enemy is shooting you. As Cliffy B once put it, reach out and touch someone with your gun. That's the fastest way to. Uh, it's the fastest way to touch somebody with a game is to reach out and touch them with your gun, uh, and also for network online, that's very easy. It's just the, is the raycast pointing at the, where the guy's head was when he clicked the mouse, right. and he's dead. And it's like that's uh, that's you know that's why you see a lot of shooting games. There's actually a mathematical, scientific explanation for that, and. Uh, I mean, there's even deeper explanations that we're going back into the history of games, why shooting is the mechanic. So I thought instead of shooting, what if I'm generating a RTS unit every time I press the button? What if I'm generating a huh. soldier, right? Huh. Like a soldier to go do battle with somebody else's soldier. If I, if I just tap the button, it creates a soldier who now... And my, and imagine my, my video ball player is like a big giant troop transport. Right. Mm. Or let's say it's a giant mobile robot factory and the camera is zoomed out to like, you know, the clouds and you're looking at the ground at this mobile robot factory that's moving around. And there's like a laser scope. And every time I press the button, this guy comes out. Right. Like uh, like a robot will come out and I hold the button and then I can make a Jeep. Right. That's the second thing. A Jeep launches out of my mobile base. And if I hold the button even further, I can make like an airplane that flies and bombs the guy. So mm. I'm like, and you know, just whatever direction I'm pointing is the direction the guy's set off in. It's the direction he'll spawn. And I'm just sending these things after to fight each other. That was the original design. Uh, and the idea was that you would have bases. You would have like objects of interest. And when you launch a unit, are you defending a base? Are you... By, are you defending a base by making them fight the other guys? Like they'll clash when they get together and they'll stick in a little battle. This is the original, the genesis of Video Ball was mm -hmm. a one button Starcraft and it, uh, Starcraft that happens on one screen. Like a MOBA, this was, had this idea before MOBAs, uh, mm -hmm. which is really scary to think of. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really glad that you uh, talk, talked a little bit about the physics because one yes. thing I really enjoyed about this game is sort of the sense of momentum. Like, like if you're, you know, if af after playing it a couple rounds, I found that I went for more of a sliding approach where I'm kind of gliding around the screen. And I really yeah. enjoy how, like, you know, if you're going in like one direction, you can kind of turn around, shoot, and then go back and you're still moving in that direction because the inertia is like carrying you there. So I oh, was, yes. so I was, I was like really wondering like, you know, um, what sort of went into the sort of like decisions to sort of have that kind of like physics engine did you guys kind of like test out different 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 i guess floatiness is the way to say it without getting too like 
deep into the math or the science, but um, yeah. were, were there different models that um, you tested to sort of get to uh, what the final product was? Oh, there was, there was an insane amount. So if the original idea was like supposed to be units and characters like being sent out to fight each other, right? Uh, and then objects of interest that were of interest to both parties and then bases to defend. It was obviously gonna be slow characters. And then I thought if they had physics and speed, maybe it would be, you know, it got better the more speed we just layered on to the game. And uh, so the idea, like there are just hundreds of little variables for different degrees of drag. And uh, there's like angular drag and uh, there's so much stuff. The level two shot, the uh, the medium shot mm -hmm. in the game that used to uh, slow down when it hit the ball, and the degree oh. to which it slowed down was uh, tweaked over time. And like it used to have mass and weight. It used to swivel when you hit the ball at an angle, and oh, okay. the level two shot also used to bounce off of walls. Oh wow! And it also okay. used to never disappear until another shot hit it. Right. Oh, okay. So, so these things, there's check boxes uh, to this day on every object in the game that are like destroy when touch wall, destroy when touch uh, player, destroy when touch. Like the level two used to also go through the enemy, stun them, and then keep moving and go through another enemy. And then on top of all that, I've got drag, acceleration, deceleration, right. mass, all of those things. And rather than use calculus, which is uh, for the record, something I know how to do and like figure out something that's quote unquote fair. I idiotically just did this all as numbers, like down to the thousandth of a second in some cases. Okay, never the, uh, uh, there was never a case when I could perceive a thousandth of a second's change, but like <laughs> five thousandths of a second, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Five milliseconds. Uh, fighting game players can perceive three milliseconds. Uh, yep. I mean, I'm not a fighting game. I mean, I love fighting games so much, but I'm, I'm no good. I'm not competitive, Adam. But uh, yeah, like just tuning these things down to those timings and setting it up so that like making these hard decisions, like the level two shot was the one that got tuned the most. It's... Mm -hmm. uh, so by virtue of that, it's the most important. And I'm watching streams obsessively now, and I'm listening to people talk about the game. And it's fun. Uh, me and Michael Kerwin love when somebody notices, oh, the level two shot's actually pretty good. Right, and it's right, like, right, right. It's Very like, good. what do you mean it's actually pretty good? It's like, why, what do you mean? What are they using the word actually for? It's like, you think I would put something in the game that's not... <laughs> useful like this this game is about like having the minimal amount of stuff about giving you exactly what you need all the shots are equally useful depending on the situation and it's an investment rather than there's games that have just filthy design like i i can't i mean i don't want to back talk anybody but like i don't know let's pick a game that's easy to make fun of like bioshock right like there's <laughs> There will be like a guy standing in a pool of water and the game tells you earlier Shot when them. someone's back is turned, you, they don't see you so you can melee kill them, right? And then there's like a guy standing in a pool of water and a tool tip comes up and goes, well, the guy's voice goes, you can shock him. 
You can use your electricity to kill this guy. Open your menu and choose electricity plasmid and now you can shoot him. And it's like, man, that feels cheap. And then the next room, I swear to God, in the beginning of Bioshock, the next room, there is a guy with his back turned standing in a pool of water. Yeah. And the, the, the voice in your head goes, all right, now you can choose stealth kill or shock him. And I'm like, this is it, man. Yeah. This is choice in video games. Yes. It's like, I don't like it. I mean, <laughs> I like, the, I like the, the, the notion. I like the idea. I like the idea of freedom. But uh, like, there's just nothing compares to slamming your freedom against the freedom of somebody else's psychology. Just slamming your freedom against somebody else's. That's a great That's what quote. video ball is all about. I, I, you know? I love that quote. There's nothing like slamming someone's freedom into the psychology. <laughs> slamming that's your cool. freedom against yeah, somebody that, else's freedom. Yeah. That's I, like I feel like that so should be in the game. <laughs> yeah. Slam your freedom, baby, the announcer right. can say. Right. So yeah, it's like I can level two this ball and man, there's just so much in the game that when it's called Poor Man's Rocket League, I just get real sad. Rocket League is so good, but man, it's such a different yeah, it's so imagination, different. such a different psychology of game. Like, Video Ball's got three balls, and that was always in there, and that's the athleticism as well. Uh, like, in most sports, there's a concept of turnover, right? There's yes. offense and defense. There's possession and dispossession. There's uh, possession and reclamation, turnover. Uh, there's two zones in a basketball field, home and away. Like the field, when, when you shift the focus of the game to being about influencing a ball or multiple balls, uh, possession becomes a trickier statistic to calculate. We right. have a neutral zone in video ball. The game can possess the ball. The field can right. literally possess the ball, the central area. If a ball is in there, it calculates toward a sort of uh, uh, an anti-percentage. It doesn't count toward either team. So uh, there's no concept of turnover or reclaiming possession uh, for most of the contest. So the turnover is a very fuzzy concept. So you're going to be bartering for psychology, basically. You're going to be trading freedom. And it's, it's very nuanced with this I, I like to think it's a chess like element i'm amazed to see an actual chess player latch onto it mm -hmm. so it's it's there's there's bargaining and bartering like yeah. i'm gonna stop you from scoring this point but only for about 12 seconds yep yeah uh, that's yeah. that's as long as my guy needs to gain the advantage over your yep. guy but if your guy sees what i'm doing and reads it and calls my bluff can he can give up one of the points that he's trying to prevent to push the second ball that's in the middle into my zone. And now they're putting pressure on me and I'm no longer giving up one point, I'm giving up two, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And my plan was that they would be giving up two. So what if I see him uh, predicting that like 20 seconds ahead of time? So I'm thinking it takes three seconds for a ball to spawn when a ball is removed. Uh, and again, that, that amount of time it takes a ball to spawn, it's not exactly three seconds. I know the exact number. Uh, I will not share it. Uh, somebody, <laughs> I don't want anybody to get an unfair advantage. The, the it's my secret pie. numbers. It's it's, I worked hard for that number. <laughs> so, it's, like, it's, uh, it's got a whole bunch of digits on it. So it's like, uh, like uh, so you're going to just have to be thinking like that. And 
in addition to aiming and influencing. If I'm in my zone, I can influence a ball anywhere on the field in my advantageous direction. So my advantageous direction is into your goal, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can push the ball toward your goal from anywhere or from, I can push a ball anywhere in the direction of your goal from my goal, but not from the middle of the field and certainly not from in your zone. So this is why there's no offsides rule because it's about influence, not possession. Right. Maybe this is boring. Is this, is this no. getting boring? No, this oh, is, you, I don't it's know. fucking okay. fascinating. Are you okay. kidding me? Okay. This is okay. dope. This is so, dope. So I, I'm, I'm glad that people find this interesting because it just makes me, makes me sort of sad when I read a review that some idiot wrote. Man, man, should I talk about this review that made me mad today? Well, not yet. Not yet. Well, hold on. Wait one second. Okay, yeah. Because cause okay, I, think, okay. I think the reason why, especially because we nerd out about stuff like this, and, yes. I remember, and, and I think it's, again, it's like the reason why I think people should go to GDC and it oh, sucks. Yeah. It sucks that people can't go to GDC because you'll hear conversations like this. But GDC it's also is so good. It's so good for stuff like this because. Oh yeah. The, because like I remember in the talk that you that you did, it speaks to what you're kind of digging around right now. And I have I have a very specific question about kind of the scoring elements of 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 the game, yeah. is because you talked about the minutia of always being on offense and defense basically at the same time. And there aren't a lot of there aren't many games at all that have that dynamic to it. And that part alone makes everything kind of uh, a, a risky. It's the risk reward is always in balance in that way because you're constantly in motion and you're constantly trying to figure out how much you yeah. can kind of move between spaces, you know? Yeah. What, what, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious just to let you keep going on that, on that tangent to keep going. So about uh, the spaces and uh, influence and direction and bargaining and uh, viewing trends in the ball, uh, like there's so much in this game. So I, I have this mecha- this term coined that I threw around for our game uh, Ziggurat uh, that we made for iOS, and then mm-hmm. somebody made a game with the same title for Xbox One and PC. It made me kind of sad. But uh, the, the ideas of a post-puzzle game right so it's like what is a puzzle well we have a clear notion of what a puzzle is right it's adventures of lola oh it's kickle cubicle or whatever it's like you know you push this block here and you manipulate this enemy here or whatever uh like so the idea of a post puzzle is like the 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 player is the so when when we remove the metaphor and the game's not about people right and the game looks like iOS 7 because that's what we decided to do when iOS 7 was announced. Let's just make it look flat. That's the answer to that question. When did we decide to not have people? It was seeing iOS 7 with okay. the presence of mind to know that we f- knew this would be cool. So let's just make a game that's clean and easy to see. It's about hypervisibility. So mm-hmm. uh, the idea of a puzzle, when we remove the metaphor, you're not firing a gun, you're not driving a car, you're basically projecting your influence in the form of this triangle, right? So when you're projecting your influence, you're making level design, right? Mm. You are designing a level for the other player, Mm. which is don't touch this shot. If you want to keep charging your shot, don't touch this one. Uh, This big shot is going to hit that ball unless you shoot it, right? Mm. Or unless you run into it with your body to cancel it canceling your own charge, you can stop that shot from hitting that ball if you want to. Like, uh, 
you're charging a shot, but if you touch this ball, it'll stop moving, which is a little mechanic that takes people a while to pick up on. But if you touch the ball, it stops. Uh, see, these aren't necessarily 100% intuitive, but they're, slight, they're intuitive to a degree that without a metaphor, the player can wrap their head around it fairly quickly. So it's, it's just making a game for the other player, just reshaping the game as it's being played. I consider that post-puzzle. And when we're talking about remote influence and zone control and space control uh, in this game, uh, this is the, the reason why when someone plays video ball for the first time against me and Michael Kerwin or me and Brent Porter or Brent Porter and Michael Kerwin, uh, when someone plays the game against us for the first time, they will lose 10 to zero if we play. <laughs> like there's no... Unfortunately, and I feel real bad because demoing this game was rough for a couple years because there's so much nuance to the thinking of it. It's like you wouldn't sit down, like if you'd never heard of poker, you wouldn't play poker with someone who says, hey, want to play a card game for a bunch of money? Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that, right? Like It's like, well, I've played war with cards before. Maybe it's worth it, you know? I've played, uh, you know, like you're not going to do that. So uh, a game like Towerfall or Samurai Gun or Nidhogg, these are games where the metaphor assists with such a clarity, just making a game that's just perfectly easy for anybody to pick up and still has this massive monstrous depth to it. It's like for video ball, we sacrificed a lot of the first time experience. And I'm scared that that's going to hurt us unless we get streamed a whole lot by a lot of people who get good. And some people are getting really good at it. But yeah. we, we sacrificed, I would say, a huge majority percentage of the first-time experience. Like, it's, we made it really, really dense for your first time. Like, to a point where you might hate the game a lot the first time you play it. And I feel so bad about that. But it's like... It was all about making the game way better. And I knew that this was something we had to do. We knew early on that we mm. had to make the game deep. Uh, it had to favor depth over uh, intuitiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, well, no, it's, it's intuitive, but it's not. Okay, so the level one shot, right? It used to always require you to hold and release, but it was a much shorter charge. So there was never a tap to shoot. Right, uh, it used to always be hold and then release. All three shots required a charge, okay. and uh, it was the number one piece of feedback. Was like, why am I not shooting? And people uh. are just tapping, and they're seeing a little charge start up on the front of their player, and they're like, why am I not shooting? And they're just hammering the button, and it's like, oh, this isn't that kind of game, dude. It's it's a different game, and it's like, how can you say that without sounding like a jerk? Or right. it's like you you really can't be like. Uh, it's not that kind of game, idiot. You know, I can't say that to somebody. I'm like, this is a game for cool people, not a game for, it's not a party. This isn't Mario Party, man. Tim did and not say like, that to me when I first played the game. He was like, he was like, no, this is how you play. He was like, don't play it like that, idiot. Is that, is, <laughs> that what I, yeah, is that what I said? What did I say? No, how, no, how, how was, wait a minute, was you, have the, you have the great memory. That should be well, in no, the tutorial. No, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you to talk. What's your, what's your, <laughs> what's, what's your, I feel like I'm talking too much. Uh, no, you're what's good. your, 
what was your first experience with video ball? What was it like? The, actually, like, the, the, like the mechanically, like what was the play like? Uh, the interesting part about it when I first got a chance to mess around with it was I kind of liked the fact that it wasn't so straightforward with the momentum because yeah. I like games like um, shit, Super Stardust where it's a little bit more precise, but you always kind of have to maneuver yourself around things to get to the kind of object that you're trying to get to. Yeah. Super Stardust uh, has good movement of uh, enemies and objects. The movement right. is like is nuanced to such an insane degree that the player control can be clinical. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's actually much better that way. Yeah. So and I was, like that. And it was, it was good to see that when I first tried to have that momentum go in a specific place that it didn't do it exactly how I wanted to at first. Like I like the fact that it gave me a minute where I did things quote unquote wrong yes. and, and then figured out, okay, so if I hold this long enough, I can put up a blocker. So it gives me enough time to basically play this. Like I was playing Resogun or something to that effect where I'm shooting at my opponent to try to keep them off my, the one ball that I want to go after because it's closest to the goal at this point. So it's me, it's me thinking about four different things at the same time, which I like, and also kind of pacing myself as far as trying to figure out how can I judge how much space I have to get to a thing by the time the other person either regains their momentum, another ball hits the field, or another shot is coming towards me. So it was a lot of things that I had to kind of manage at the same time, but it was fast enough that you never feel like you're out of a play, which felt nice. And I was like, okay, I'm able to get to this spot even if the ball is fairly close to my goal. I can either shoot it, like uh, like keep tapping the button and shoot it to at least give myself some space, or I can try to play offense not having to play offense against the ball, but playing offense against the other person. Yes. So, so it, was, it was that kind of loop of, of, of figuring that out kind of quickly because I, I got to play it. It was when we played... Uh, with Jabali at, at, at Mix. And it was during yeah. that session that I was like, okay, I know how far I can move everything, how quickly I can get to a space. And also, uh, I was learning about how to kind of um, charge up my th my uh, uh, third level shot in a way oh, that, yeah. that wouldn't screw me up. Because The timing I, is tough on the that The timing shot. Is, is tough because if you hold it a little bit too long, then you get a blocker. And that blocker yeah. is good but if you didn't put it if you didn't want to put it in the space that you wanted to you're you could potentially mess up your own teammate of of their routing of getting to where they are but i also like that you can use it on a pivot and spin yeah. the blocker around if you have something coming directly at you at the same time so it was a lot of a lot of stuff in between that space that was like this makes sense this feels good and what to, to reef's question earlier about how the momentum felt and your answer toward uh towards that definitely made that feel really good um, I guess the, I guess I want to I want to jump real quick to uh, another game that I love and you love, um, and you oh, talked yeah. about this um, during the, the the GDC talk was Killer Queen. I love yeah. Killer Queen so much. I uh, I I've never met the guys who made Killer Queen, but I've always wanted to, and they were at my GDC talk and they tweeted at me. So I guess I'm gonna hang out with them in New York uh, in a couple weeks. Josh DeBonis. Nice. Shout out to Josh DeBonis, who's awesome. He's yeah, those guys seem cool. real cool. They are so. very, very chill. And I, it, it feels like, uh, and maybe this is a double question really quick, if you can answer these um, kind of quickly, is the, 
I love the fact that there are these delineations in scoring that are that are that that to the I guess layman would feel like they're maybe arbitrary, but yes. they have very specific uh, ways of doing them. I wanted you to kind of go through go through list, what all those are. Go through the list of those really quick and tell you how oh, you yeah. can do it because I think that's okay. really cool. So, and then I wanted to talk about Killer Queen really fast about like the multiple ways of winning and how that is a really cool aspect of video ball. Oh sure, sure. So. Uh, the multiple score types is all about, uh, this was a notion in the game, sort of from the beginning, that there would be, being that it's a game about influence and position and bargaining and multiple balls, like, uh, I, I wanted to reward different, uh, different conditions. So the idea is, and it's every time we would show it at a show, it would be like, oh, it said slam dunk. Is that just like a sports joke? It's like, no, I don't make sports jokes. <laughs> like, like, uh, like whenever, I think the worst thing in the world is when someone's like, you know, when like the NBA finals are happening and someone on Twitter's like, hmm, sounds like a sportsman did a thing with a sports ball. Oh, I in, hate in that. A sports I hate this. I hate it's that. Like, it's like, man, like, knowing what I know, you know, without getting too deep into my studies on the history of humanity, nobody nowhere is too cool for nothing, you know? Right. That's my, right. That's my number one. Uh, that's, I'm not even going to get into that because I'm going to start getting mad if I do. But we man, need to you're talk not... about that when we meet, when we hang out yeah. next time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can talk about that forever. So it's like, like, you're not too cool for sports. You're not too smart for sports, you know? It's, you can kind of... First of all, just let people like stuff, first of all. So, right, yeah. yes. So, yes. yeah, it's, just let them like stuff. So, I'm not making a sports joke by saying slam dunk. Like, I feel like it kind of feels like a slam dunk in basketball. So, what a slam dunk is, is if you use the level three, the big triangle, to slam a ball that has just spawned. So, for example, in three ball video ball, when a ball scores, it is removed from the field and a new ball spawns, right? Mm. So if the only thing to happen in the life story of that ball is it gets hit by a level three and immediately enters the goal, that's a slam dunk. It means the defense was not looking, right? So uh, that's, a, that's a slam dunk. So I've gotten that. And again, yeah, you've gotten that? Yeah, so your defense wasn't looking or the other guy wasn't looking. So uh, the other ones, they all have to do with the three zones. So there's home zone, neutral zone, and away zone. So the opponent's zone is where their goal is. That's the away zone. And your zone where your goal is is the home zone. Neutral zone is where the ball spawn always is located. Uh, so the, the only one of the score types to involve the neutral zone is the slam dunk, which is uh, you know the, the hilarious one that everybody loves, and <laughs> I love it. So a jam is if the ball is in the opponent's zone, and you are in the opponent's zone, and you slam it in. This requires an investment of some time in the ballpark of two seconds to charge that shot, the level three shot. So you're going to have to charge that shot, which means you're either going to have to be racing into that zone, or you're going to have to already be there. So there's a risk in doing that. And there's always a risk with a level three shot, which is it can get reversed by any, any triangle that touches a ball that has been slammed with a level three shot will get reversed. And this is how you do, this is uh, slamming a ball is the equivalent of like a Hail Mary play in football. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really risky, 
most of the time if you're playing against somebody who knows what they're doing, which is why the, whoa, the level two is actually pretty useful. Like why that's so interesting to us because the level two is, they're all useful. Uh, the level three is not the one you should be doing all the time. But so that's why the jam is so interesting is it's arrogant and it's completely stupidly <laughs> risky because like I said, you can influence a ball anywhere from your zone uh, in the direction you want to go, but not from their zone. So if the enemy reverses that shot and it doesn't go in, you've sacrificed a huge amount of position and they could have somebody in the backfield to just already put it in. So a jam is stupid, uh, but, I, but I love it. It's my favorite thing. It's like we have a, when we're playing ranked matches online, which is an incredible thing that that works and that people are playing it. Uh, if we're winning ten, nine to zero, we have a phrase which is, it doesn't count if it's not a jam. It has, the last point has to be a jam. So uh, I want to actually put options into the local mode to let you handicap. Like, left team can only score right. the final point if it's a jam. I that, think would that would be dope. Be, That'd be awesome. I think that would be funny. So we can, we're, if, if the game's popular, if you can tell your one million friends to buy the game, uh, we'll be able to afford to put new <laughs> stuff in there. Uh, so that's a jam. Now, a home run is if you slam the ball out of your zone across the field oh, and wow. into the goal. So that's a home run, and that's really, really risky to do as well. And a downtown is <laughs> – so these are just the three types of influence. A downtown is the ball is in the opponent's zone, and you are in your zone, and you fire a shot that somehow gets across the entire field and pushes the ball in. Oh. That's a downtown. So those feel really good. And we have a colloquial score type called, uh, oh, well, so there's a grand slam, which is far more complicated. That's if someone tries to do a home run, right? They shoot it out of their zone and you're in your zone and you reflect it all the way across the field from in your zone. That's a grand slam. Those are stupid. Those like ba basically <laughs> never happen. But when they do, they're hilarious. Like they happen like maybe one happens per every two hours of video ball play. Have you, th have you thought about, and I, I, maybe, I, maybe it's a, uh, shit, maybe it's an option that I missed in the, uh, in the menus. Have you thought about uh, attaching different point values to different? Oh, that is uh, something that you can do in local mode only. Okay, 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 okay. So okay. in local mode, you can set that up, which is uh, ideally for like tournament organizers or if, if there's gonna be a tournament, that would be cool. Uh, so yeah, you can actually assign up to 10 points for those. And if you play a first 100 game, that's kind of neat. It's like get 10 slam dunks to win. Or you can play a first to 10 game and do what we call slam wild, which is make a slam dunk worth 10 points, right? <laughs> and then anybody who gets a slam dunk wins. Or jam wild, any jam immediately wins the game. Nice. I love that stuff. Yeah, I love that stuff a lot. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but I want to, again, if the game is popular online, maybe we'll start to do like monthly ranked modes. It's like this month, jams are worth two points or Ooh, whatever. That would be like, cool. And I want to do for, we, we didn't do this in time. There were a lot of things we had to not do because it's like, why don't we release the game? You know, like mm -hmm. maybe we can, maybe we can just release it. So like, like I want it to be one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, is five one on one ranked online is five balls, but it picks a different score type every time and says that's worth two points or three points. Oh, so that's like the hot spots in the NBA Jam. 
Yeah, I want to roll that into the ranked <laughs> mode in a way that doesn't feel cheesy. So like you're gonna beat so someone like, like 240 to seven in that video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna blast them. I'm just gonna completely blast them. So I like having all those score types, and then we even have, like I said, our colloquial one is the grand jam. A grand jam is when you're in your zone. It's a downtown, right? Mm -hmm. So you're in your zone. The ball is in their zone, and you fire a level three that crosses the entire field, enters the opponent's zone, and slams the ball into their zone. Wow. Uh, whenever that happens, I feel like I feel like the king of the of the universe when that happens. <laughs> like it's the it's the funniest thing. It's like you idiots, why didn't you see that thing crossing the field for like yeah. it takes uh it takes a number of seconds that yeah. I know down to the millisecond. I won't I won't reveal it, but uh you know, it takes a number of seconds to cross the field. Like, come on, you know? It's gonna get over there. Like, you should see that. And when it hits the ball, it just feels so good. Like maybe maybe that will become a score type later, uh, if the fans demand, we will put it in there. <laughs> yeah. If now, the fans demand the grand demand, jam, you hear that, Ricardo? You hear that, Ricardo? Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, now, one one thing that the fans love and that we love about this game um, is the music and the VO, like the narration. Oh um, yes. Like the voices. What is the story behind, you know, how you chose the voices, how you chose what they said, kind of like the zaniness of it? Like, how how did all that come about? Was that a part of the, like, original plans? Was it sort of a thing that, that you did at the end? You know, what's the story behind that? So we, uh, I like Super Hexagon, ah. right? Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Super Hexagon uh, is a game about a triangle. You're a triangle just maneuvering yeah. through some geometry. And I like how pure and clean that it's is. It's really hard. And uh, <laughs> it's a really hard, really clean game. It's like a multivitamin. You know, you just kind of get some. <laughs> get, get a little bit of it every day. You know, just get some of it. Pop it open. Play some. And then, you know, you're done. You you know, just once once a day is what we'll do you. Uh, or, you know, you can sit there and just stare at it on the toilet forever. But uh, so the voice in that is... Uh, is Jen Frank, yeah. uh, who did the voice for the first announcer for Video Ball. And I like asked her just casually at GDC if she'd be willing to do some voices for this little prototype. And she did. And the voices were really super hexagon sounding. It was just like <laughs> touchdown, like really, really like robotic and great. And then she came over my house and we had a bunch of... Uh, refreshments available <laughs> and she just sat there for like five hours and the recordings just got they got weirder as they went on <laughs> and uh eventually we had a whole bunch and we used mostly the weirder ones and uh it just sounds it just sounds cool and weird i told her on twitter the other day i was like i'm happy that you were a part of this project and also I want there to be some secret unlock code that gives me like Jen Frank cussy VO. That's just oh, like man. fucking downtown or <laughs> bullshit. I want to, I want to, I want to get, man, I want to do stuff like that, but the ESRB rating would have I to know. go up. So it's like, we need to create a system like, I'm actually thinking very seriously about this because we have Jake Glazier, the other announcer. Yeah. I want to do a voice pack called Evil Jake. Yes. Where he just 
where he's just really mean, like uh, when you score a point or when, okay, so when you're playing online, it knows like what team you are, obviously, because the game knows a lot of stuff about you while you're playing it. It's like, okay, so you're on the red team. So whenever the blue team scores, I'm going to say something real mean. And it picks from the evil Jake pack, right? <laughs> so it'll be like, it'll be like, like, eat that, moron. You know, like, things like that. Like, like he's real, like, just real mad every time the opponent scores. Like, an announcement pack to make you feel bad when the opponents score. I think that's funny, right? But I don't want to mess with the ESRB, so we're thinking, like, there can be a text file and a folder. Like, put a text file in this folder and then download the FLAC files of this, uh, of this <laughs> announcement pack from from SoundCloud and put it in here and you'll hear it. And, just, and you can make your own custom announcer packs uh, and then we can sell official ones. But it's like, again, kind of need like a million people playing the game to feel like that. Dude, that is so funny. So, so that actually, it, it like reminds me of a quick story. So the, so the game Kingpin, I don't know if anybody Kingpin. ever played Kingpin, but it was a I know Kingpin. first person shooter. You were in the hood. Uh, yeah. There's a whole <laughs> bunch of cursing in this game. Um, I was in college when it came out and we basically, you, you know, we, we were a bunch of engineers, we were nerds. So like we were looking through the file and we see a file called, called uh, thug. And we were like, what is this? And then we what? see like thug one wave, thug two wave. <laughs> and we start clicking on the waves and there are the actual ridiculous curse filled phrases that the characters say in the game are just wave files. So like we were like shit, we're gonna record our own waves and name them the same thing, and like yes. put them in there. So we had a fully customized version of like Kingpin with people saying ridiculous things. Obviously, we had crappy mics because this was like I think the year two thousand. I think it came out, and you know, <laughs> you know, like we we just had crappy mics on our desktop. So it was a whole bunch of bad feedback and all that stuff. That's but it was dope. so much. Like fun. what? What would you make them say? Uh. Pretty much using the word fuck in any way <laughs> usually appeared at least three times in each phrase. You didn't uh, get like funny with it? Like like well, I mean you can you can get funny with that, but you didn't get like really super silly. Uh you know, I don't remember every single one of them, but I do remember that like there were like some Monty Python kind of weird quotes in there. Yeah. Um there there was like so, so like, so, like some like, men were in they, tights quotes. Were they named there. like death? One death, yes. two like when a guy gets yep. shot and killed. Yep. Oh man, I loved. I, I used to love doing stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Have him like get shot and the guy just goes, "Hey," when he dies, <laughs> like that, like things like that. Yeah. I would have a good time doing that with like Uncharted, like now if I could, if they would let me do that. Yeah, I would have such a good time. Yeah, if if there's there's one that I remember, I I replaced one of the uh, death sounds with the. Uh, the uh, final fight, like the oh my car, when the oh yes, because I thought that was oh my car, oh my god, yeah, yeah but... see that's good. <laughs> I love the idea of a guy gets shot in the head and says yeah, oh, my like, oh my car, oh my car, it's great. <laughs> but before before we before we start to wrap up, I have one other thing to bring to the table because I was talking to my wife last night about your appearance on the show, yes, and I was like, yo, Tim is dope, and I think. If I'm not mistaken, you and Tim were raised in the same state of Kansas. Is that correct? 
I lived in Kansas for five years. All right, so Kansas for five years. But it was it was quite formative to me. Ah. Yes. So she so she said she gave me like random things to tell you just to see if you knew them. All right. Actually, our guy Brent Porter, uh, lead programmer, he's a hundred percent from Kansas. He's a hundred percent Kansas. Yeah, he's actually visiting from Kansas right now. All right, he's on so, the phone with his girlfriend in Kansas, I think. Uh, oh shit! I should, I should, I should bring him on, Kansas. Real quick. I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh you should talk to that guy. I'm, I'm going to shout out to him and be like, "Hey, uh, just ask his his fiance or girlfriend uh, if she brought all her prom dresses from Parrot Finalia. Parrot Finalia. <laughs> Parrot Finalia, which is the thing that my wife said to say. <laughs> Parrot Finalia. Also, she said to say, shout out to the Ta. The ta, the ta, which is a Wichita, Wichita, uh, go shockers. Oh, the shockers, KSU, not KSU, Kansas. Uh, oh, wait, yeah, Kansas University uh-huh. of Kansas. She not said the to, Jayhawks, the not other the one. Jayhawks, the other ones. Yeah, <laughs> she said to ask you if you had ever seen the butter sculptures at the state fair. Oh man, yes. <laughs> like we went to the state fair way How, back when. You have to explain really quick what the butter statues are. Man, it was just kind of gross. It was stuff made out of butter. <laughs> There's your explanation. Pretty much exactly, exactly what it sounds like. Oh, Man, God. Kansas was all about me just being eight, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. I played a little league. Man, I got a lot of stories about little league in Kansas, uh, and. Uh, Oh man, the air show, McConnell Air Force Base. We used oh, to go shit. there. We lived near the Air Force Base. My dad was in the Army, so he worked on the Air Force Base. Nice. And uh, man, we got to see all the air shows. We saw the Blue Angels. Did you know that the Blue Angels have a game out? Yes. Yes. They I have, I have a game not out. played it. I haven't played it, it, but I got the press release for it. <laughs> the Blue Angels, the video game. Yeah, I was like, I want to just see people. Just, I just want, I just want the the, the spectator cam. Where you're just a person in the crowd, just looking up in the air at them. Doing oh, the that would be, that would be so cool. <laughs> that would be dope. That would actually be hilarious. That like would be if, so if dope. they, like I feel like they're real dumb if they didn't put that in the game. I don't know. Like maybe I'll, maybe, just, maybe I'll see if I can get a copy now, just because of that. Yeah, but but and am, I, am real, I only? Go ahead. Get real mad at them if they if that uh, spectator mode's not in there. I'll send them. I'll send them a telegram. I'll be like, hey. You need to calm that down and get that into the game. <laughs> my yeah. only, my only real Kansas memory that I have is that I went to the Flint Hills. Which, if you have not been to the Flint Hills, it's real dope. You should I would go to the show. Flint Hills. It's super chill. It's like it's like the place where you can hear nothing and everything at the same time. You can like hear hear the inside of your body. Kind of, sort of. You'd be like, <laughs> damn, that was gas, or maybe that wasn't yeah. gas. Yeah. <laughs> But it was cool. When was, I was in uh, Minneapolis recently, I looked on the internet and I like somebody had like linked on Facebook a story about the most quiet room in the world. Yes, I want to go like, there. Have you heard of this? Yes, I want to do it's it. It's in some sound studio in Minneapolis. Yes. And I like, I'm sitting in a hotel in Minneapolis and I see this and I was like, what? And I get on the phone and I call them up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, we kind of let people come in, but there have been a lot of people calling and we're kind of closing early today. So sorry. And I was like, oh, man, I wanted to go in there and hear my internal organs and <laughs> hear my brain. <laughs> That's you what they like, say you can. Yeah, they say you can like hear. OK, so sometimes, you know, maybe 
Maybe I'm stepping out of line here, but uh, you ever hear your brain? Like you hear like your spinal fluid and your, you ever like, like the crinkly weird sound in the back of your head sometimes? <laughs> I'm like, going to say yes because I know I have. <laughs> yeah, you know you have. Yeah, it's like, it's weird. It's like apparently that's just really loud when you're in like a quiet room. That horrifies me. Yeah, they say people like, only stay in there for like, like most, five minutes. Yeah, yeah, they're saying it's like almost uh, psychedelically mind-rending to be in there for like more than five minutes. Oh, man. I'm like, like, I want to hear that. I need at least like 30, like 30 seconds in I, there. My only worry is that I'll be in there and I'll be in there by myself and I'll hear somebody randomly whisper some shit. There's the Brent Porter. In the room. <laughs> Brent That's, Porter from Kansas. Shout out to the tie. Shout out to the tie, he says. You don't know. You don't know the tie. <laughs> Born and raised in Kansas. Oh, come on, Live. Brent. He I'm, doesn't know. Uh, yeah, it's all good. Exactly. Shout, 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 shout out to the Royals for beating my Mets uh, uh, recently for the World oh Series. I was not a fan the of the Royals. Okay. Jeez. But before we get up out of here, yes. <laughs> before we get up out of here, I want to say, you next time you come on the show. Yes, because we definitely have to have you back because this was fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about grab jackers. Oh yes, I so want to talk I. about grab jackers really, really bad, and I also want to dig back into into Killer Queen because I think there's a lot of cool stuff in that game that we could talk about. But, I've got so much to talk about that game. Yeah, and grab jackers is really dope. It's a project that you that you're still working on, right? Uh, we're still working on it. Uh. We had to sideline a bunch of it because video ball emergencies, but it's still in there. And also, whether we make it or not, uh, the ideas, the the learning experience was so huge. I could even like possibly send you a build of it before if you want to like play it and talk about some of the ideas in there because there's some weirdness in that game. That was like the, I yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, well, we're gonna put a link. Uh, we're gonna put a link to your GDC talk in our show notes so that people can kind of get a, a sense of what we're talking about on that end, and also hear uh, some of the kind of behind the scenes stuff. That if you didn't really get what we were kind of poking at uh, during the show tonight, uh, you'll get a better understanding of exactly all the things that we were talking about. Oh, and people, people can see that my slides are not properly formatted because I made them ten eight. <laughs> I made them ten eighty p. And their projector is not 1080p. So if you're doing a talk at GDC, anybody who's listening here, the projectors are not 1080p. I had to move all the crap on my screen and it got like overscanned that. We won't eat it all. I'm almost done, Porter. I'm almost, I'm almost done. We're going to be done in like five. These guys are about to eat some cold pizza. We're we, we can go out and eat something. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be. How long? We got like a couple minutes here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about to. I told, we're about to be. Like I, I, sw- I swear to God, we'll go. To, we'll have something good. He's only here for like a couple more days. We can't, can't be eating like soulless cold pizza. We're, ha- we're supposed to be having like a celebration. Yeah, you, know? you just launched. Of course. But our game does the online matchmaking is busted on the PS4. Because we'll Dave Lang got in there and messed it up. Oh, we, that's, that's, that's a whole other pro- thing that we have to talk that's, about. That's probably what happened. If there's some, if there's one thing you want me to say to Dave Lang when we have him on the show, what what is it so I can tell him? Uh oh man. <laughs> ask him. Ask him why he didn't invite me to be on there at the same time. He'll know what I mean. Oh, okay. He all went. Right, he went on Giant Bomb, which is for all intents and purposes compared to comparing where he lives and where I live. 
basically right down the street from where I live. Right. And why wasn't I on there, too? I'm just saying. I wanted to be on Giant Bomb. Me, too. We didn't get an invite, either. That's messed up. Yeah, what the, yeah, what the heck? Dave Lang should have invited everybody. <laughs> he he did invite me, and I guess we there, there was a communication mishap. But uh, I'm going to give him shit for not inviting us to be on Giant Bomb. Dur- during yeah, E3, wanna, too, anyway. Man, I really wanted to talk about that bad review. It, it wasn't a bad review. He gave it, like, an 8. And I'm just going to say, here it is. Here's yeah. my, he, this guy goes, you know, the game is very fun, but uh, w- if, if only there were more modes, like if only there were a mode, for example, where you can shoot the other players and there's no ball. It's like, yeah, you're thinking about like a million different video yeah. games, not this one. You want me to just make another game for you, sir? I'll make it and send it over. Like. <laughs> Uh, and then his, I mean, his want you like to make combat for the Atari, basically. So, yeah, you want me to make combat? I love combat. Why don't you just play that guy? Like, <laughs> uh, so it's like, it's like okay, uh, I understand you're supposed to take criticism gracefully, but it's like this guy obviously did not play my multiplayer game no. uh, against other people. No, he played. He took screenshots of his own because as it as uh, a journalist who is. Uh, committed to his craft he could not use my press kit images because those are manipulated by by the machine by the message he had to take his own and all of your goddamn screenshots dude you know who you are yeah you're the guy not listening to this right now because you don't care because you reviewed my game for a paycheck that's never going to arrive because your website is seo'd out the butthole with like a million banner ads and popping a million links on twitter like a thousand links flood in on twitter on this guy's zero hit website because because he paid the right the right seo robot ghost to post links to his stories uh yeah you know who you are you're the guy not listening to this uh like I know you didn't play my game online. I know you didn't play it against any real humans. So that's okay. Uh, it's okay that you know you're getting your four cent paycheck from your Google ads. Uh, I don't know how you. I don't know how you got the game. I don't know how you slipped past the publisher filter and got a free code. But buddy, it's cool if you want to make a living talking about video games. It's cool, man. Like people can do stuff. I like. I let people like stuff. But be true to yourself. And don't you dare, don't you dare at your, I saw your screenshots. <laughs> They're all, you're playing against AI bots in every single one of them because the bots names are right there on the screen. I want, First I, of all, I really like, wish that you ended that sentence with buddy, buddy. <laughs> oh, well, let's, I'll, I'll fit in a buddy. So at the, at the end of the review, he says, this is while it's one of the best competitive games I've ever played. I still can't see it being fun for more than a few rounds. Like, what? (laughs) First of all, where did the still come from in that sentence? Like, did it just crash through the the window like the Kool-Aid man? Like, the word still is just like, uh, I still? Like, where you didn't mention anything earlier in your review. I still can't see it being fun for more than a few rounds with friends. And it's like, you didn't play it with friends. You have no friends. Man, I mean, maybe he does have friends, but man, you didn't play it with anybody. Just, like, it's okay if you didn't play it with anybody, but just don't pretend that you did. But he gave it an 8.3 out of 10, which I love that it's like an 8.3, that, <laughs> that a review like this is the one that is on a 100-point scale. 
It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, so I try to not look at those and I've got access to a Dropbox folder that's got like our sales figures in it. It's like, I can't look at that. I'm not going to look at that. I like my game. I made a game that I like. I went onto Steam and I wanted to write a user review of it to be like, look, I, I like this game. What kind of insane psychopath would I be? to spend as long as I did with as small a team as I did with as little money as I did with these broken teeth in my mouth, making this game, uh, if I didn't like it. So yes, I recommend this game on steam. And then I clicked enter and it says in red text pops up, you know, like, Oh, please click the checkbox or whatever. And the red text is like, developers cannot review Uh, and i was like i was like that's the world we live in developers can't review their own game because i can't be trusted to like my own game i love my game it's my favorite game uh and why does that make me the insane minority to make a game that i like right Uh, like like that's that's weird to not only make a game i like but the one game i want to play Rather than make a game, rather than like imagine a person who might like the game I make, I know the person who (laughs) does like it. You know, you know, three people who (laughs) like it. We're all on this show. Boom. See, if I I, see, I've got proof that somebody, me, likes it. So that's how I have faith that I can believe that you say when you say you like it. Look, I, I, I would not. I don't I don't blow smoke up people's asses. I tell people exactly how I'm feeling about about what I like. I remember when I first I got a chance it. to play it and it was dope. And I remembered after that, that you had shirts and you oh, had, yeah. and you had tea and you had sweatshirts and I don't like games enough to want a sweatshirt or a t-shirt from a game. And I still want a video ball sweatshirt. All right. I'll get you one. What's, do you know what size American apparel shirt you wear? Diesel. Diesel? <laughs> Mad big. <laughs> like I'm a two X. I'm a two X. I'm a two X. All right. All right. I'll get you one. Word. Just send me your sizes if everybody wants one. Sure. I will do it. I will do it. Let people know where they can get your game so that we can play it oh, all you, together. You can get it on Steam for PC. Uh maybe it's gonna be on Linux and Mac later. No, don't do that uh, to those people. Don't don't I'm do sorry. Don't give it to Linux people. Don't give them anything. Uh, Linux is nothing. all right. Linux, Linux is, is all right. There you go. Linux is oh. totally all right. Oh. Ringing Linux endorsement. Is, Linux is totally all right when you want to launch a space shuttle, except no substitutes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like, I mean, exactly. you, that it's you can trust it. It's like the video ball of operating systems. <laughs> there you uh, go. Word. Back of the box it's quote a, for it's Linux. It's an instrument. It's an instrument designed. Uh, oh yeah. So to finally, like, to do a postscript to your question, when do we take people out? I thought. <laughs> This game's a physical object, man. The the characters are the people. Uh, yeah, that's true. If the game tra- like, if the game transforms your TV into a physical object that is a player of your game, uh, that is like a device for, you know, a pool table, a ping pong table, a foosball table, a billiards table, like, like, you are the video game character, and that sounds like a joke, but man. That like I, I keep saying this to people and it's just sounds like more and more of a ridiculous joke every time, but it's like anybody can be a video ball character. If you want to change your costume, put a hat on, buddy, is my line. <laughs> it's like now now your character's wearing a hat. You can put a hat on your car in Rocket League, but what does that look like when you go outside and someone sees you for the first time, you know? Somebody so, sees you for the first time, they don't know you. 
they don't know your Rocket League car has a hat on. But in video ball, <laughs> like, like they know you've got a hat on because you're wearing it. I, I want w- everybody. That's, I could. <laughs> Right, because because the fun the, the, before we before we go, yeah. The thing the thing that just made me laugh really hard is because I'm like, now that you said all the, all that with about the hat, I was like, I just want to see somebody cosplay video ball at a. Conference. I'm gonna cosplay. Video yeah, ball. dude. Okay, so the video ball cosplay for me is I wear these shorts. I wear my nice Jordans. Uh, these Jordans that have a, oh, you can't say it's too dark. I've, I've, I have not taken my shoes off since getting back in the house. I really should have. My feet are hurting. Uh, I've been wearing these shoes since my car reclamation journey, uh, or <laughs> my car, my car funeral, my expensive car funeral today. Uh, God, I really need money so bad. Uh, I've got these <laughs> these like yellow and, and magenta Jordans, uh, or these, uh, and uh, I just wear a video ball shirt with an orange logo. It's like that's my video ball cosplay. I'm cosplaying a video ball character, which is myself. <laughs> like, and I mean, there's there's some sincerity in there. But uh, you know, I, I don't know who's gonna Wait, get how it much? out. How much? How much is the game? Man, how much is the game? It is nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Nice. Dope. So for yeah. less than ten dollars. Yeah. It has online ranked team matchmaking. That's ranked matchmaking for teams where you're guaranteed a match against another team. I mean, wow. how cool is that? It's dope stuff. It's pretty good. It's I mean, stuff. I love it. So we're gonna we're gonna get up out of here. Uh, I know C has to do our ad for this week uh, before we get up out of here. C, run, run, run into the ad, sir. I want to talk about our brand new sponsor, Fracture. What Fracture does is it takes the lost art of printing photos and it makes it fashionable again. Uh, imagine being able to take your precious moments and uploading them to a website and in a few days having a borderless, all-glass vivid and sleek version rendition of your memory that you can place in your home or in a family's home or just display on a, on a table, what have you very, very easily. And it matches any decor because like I said, it's borderless and it's glass and it's beautiful. It's, it's science. Um, Fracture is amazing. Fracture is affordable and fracture is easy. So what you guys want to be able to do is, uh, you want to use Fracture, obviously. So you want to go to FractureMe.com slash podcast. Answer the one question survey where they ask you where you heard about Fracture. And of course, you're going to say in Chicago where everything is dope. Spawn on me. And you watch the video. You can save some money and you're going to use Fracture. Fracture is amazing. Check them out. FractureMe.com slash podcast. Answer the one uh, one question survey. And let them know Spawn on Me sent you. Word. So that is Fracture. And definitely uh, thank you to everybody over there for supporting Spawn on Me uh, for all these weeks, uh, this week, last week, and the weeks upcoming. Um, Tim, thank you so much for rocking with us, man. I fucking, oh, man I lo- thanks. I love thanks you, brother, man. Me. You're fucking dope. I remember when we got a chance to first meet, I was like, yo, Tim is Tim is good people. I just got a good vibe for Tim. I, I had a good time here. It's like normally, I mean, I don't want to say, God, I don't want to say normally, but it's like, <laughs> I, like people, you can say with the best. Me, you can say, and with it's the best. like, it's like, I don't, I sit there and I'm like, am I saying anything interesting at all? Like, I, you, like, I don't know. You guys made me feel like I was saying something interesting. Yeah, and yeah, that, that is were. really, really good. I feel really good. You made me, I'm going to, 
I'm going to have a good time eating dinner tonight. I'm going to be like, yeah, I was on a cool podcast. Dope. Uh, an that actual cool feel. podcast. There's, uh, there's very few podcasts I think are actually cool, and you guys are cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Thank, you. yeah. Thank you. That makes me feel really good. I've not listened to every episode, but I've listened to a lot of them. So. Oh, that makes, that's, that's awesome. That's this is why I, I expressed earlier a tiny bit of like guilt. I'm like, oh, I'm not letting you guys talk enough. I'm like, I feel like I'm talking too much. It's like, no. it's no. like I don't know. Like, that's I kind of want to just. On. That's why we had you. On. Yeah, I'll I'll hear you talking on the next episode if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, I'll go I'll go back to that particular role. <laughs> yeah. So see, we're about to get up out of here. Share the, the social media business with everybody. Um, um, I, I want to just before I go to <laughs> social media business, I, I just, I just want to, uh, reiterate what Ka was saying and, um, also say that, uh, I would love to spend the third weekend in April with you, um, Tim and the third kinda, weekend in April. Yes. And, and, just Oh, kinda, heck yeah. And just come and hang out and, and really, heck yeah, buddy. Build, and hang out and really build, um, and play a video ball. Hell fucking yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man. Right that'll on. be almost a year from now. So yeah, the, right on. the war will have entered stage two. It'll be, uh, <laughs> it, people are getting so good at it now. I can't imagine if people keep playing for a year. I can't imagine how great it's going to be. It's going to be dope. Yeah. To really relax and just play it all night and be like, yeah, let's, let's celebrate. Um, so, uh, if, yeah, so if you guys, first off, first off, uh, Tim, if people want to celebrate with you and, and, uh, talk about, uh, their great experiences with video ball, um, where can they find you on the social medias for the kids and such? Oh heck yeah! Uh, on Twitter, I am just the numbers one zero eight, one hundred and eight. I got that. There's a long story why I have such a Twitter handle, and uh, people attempt to hack it several times a day because it's valuable <laughs> to have a Twitter handle that's just numbers, nice. a three-digit number. So I have that. Uh, that's me on Twitter one zero eight. Uh, that's a reference to Chinese literature, uh, and. Uh, on i don't really know where to go from there no on a, on twitch i'm action button and you can also follow action button on twitch uh where we'll be talking we'll be sharing video ball patch notes and all that stuff nice. and you can go to videoball.net for all the latest video ball news don't go to videoball.com those people are monsters <laughs> <laughs> no, i don't <laughs> If anyone out there has a thousand dollars, I have been offered videoball.com for that price and I don't have it. And I, you don't I just, have it anymore. <laughs> I don't. I could have bought it yesterday, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I'm sad and glad at the same time. Oh god. So I told Dave Lang you should buy it, and he's like, I once refused to buy irongalaxy.com for a hundred dollars. I was like, whoa. So I actually have a lot of respect for that. So Right on, man. So, if uh, if uh, if you're done following Tim Rogers and you're done following Action Bowl on Twitter and you want to uh, follow us, go to Twitter and go to at Spawn on Me, uh, and you can find all of us, all of us great hosts, um, Sharif Jackson, myself, Stubby Stan, and the ever in- invisible, the ever disappearing, uh, Khalif Adams. 
Um, if you could see this video, it's amazing. Uh, Kai's <laughs> disappearing at, right before our eyes. Um, and <laughs> if uh, you want to listen to our show, man, I, I, like this, this entire show has got me fucked up. Um, if you want to listen to our past episodes or, or this episode, you can go to spawnon.me. That's our website. Uh, check that out. Check stuff out there. Um, and, uh, if you want to download these, this episode or other episodes, uh, go to, uh, iTunes or NPR one or Google play or any of your favorite podcatchers to, to find it. Make sure please that you subscribe and you tell your friends and you rate and review rates and ratings and reviews are extremely helpful. I can't re you know, I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, please rate and review. Uh, it's been a while since we've gotten any iTunes reviews. So, uh, Bricago, stand up. Represent for your peoples. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, email us. Po- Spawn on me podcast at gmail.com. And uh, support us with our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Spawn on me. Word. Um, again, Tim, thank you so much for hanging out and rocking with us. Congratulations on launch. Super excited uh, to see whatever else is going to come down the line from you and from Video Ball. Maybe we can get a little spawn on me action button tournament going. We all rock some stuff. Yeah. That would be cool. And, and streaming that bad boy out and have people look at us and be like, yo, those do some spawn on me suck at Video Ball. But <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be dope either way. So, everybody, Bricago, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for listening this week and every week. And we will say peace. Peace.